0: May I speak to you in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Please be seated. Well, it's a joy to be with you today. I bring you greetings on behalf of presiding Bishop Curry and the Episcopal Church. Chris Sikima and I have spent the last few days with the staff and the lay leaders here at All Saints and throughout the wider diocesan community diving into the work of digital evangelism in the church and i want to thank all saints and simon for the invitation and the incredible hospitality that we've experienced here it has been just a beautiful weekend spent doing this work a good sermon is often filled with stories in my experience the more often i've preached the more I find that my ears are tuned to hearing and really listening to stories, movies and conversations and books and friends and coworkers, and because I'm speaking in an Episcopal church NPR, these all become great material. Stories are personal, they're relatable. The story is an intimate thing because it gives you a look inside someone's life into what they think and how they feel. When you hear a good story, there's something inside of you that's stirred, something that's brought to life. It seems like every time Chris and I travel to do this work of digital evangelism, we find ourselves at the end of the day sitting around recounting stories of the things that we've experienced and the people that we've met. I think about last November when we were at the revival in the Diocese of San Joaquin. We met Stephen Bentley, a deacon from St. John's Episcopal Church in Stockton. Stephen runs this ministry called The Hub, helping urban bicyclists. Stephen saw in his passion for cycling a way to show love to the people of his city. And with a small but mighty group of volunteers, the hub collects and repairs bicycles to distribute to their neighbors in need who need reliable and inexpensive transportation to work or to mandated programs and to church. I remember the day that I got to spend with Maggie Keat at Church of the Heavenly Rest in New York City, learning how to make chicken jambalaya. Maggie is part of Heavenly Rest's Grace to Go program that provides shelf-stable meals to combat hunger in the city. And these meals aren't just Army MREs that we're talking about. Grace to Go provides incredible, easy-to-prepare meals that allow recipients to have food that anyone would want to eat. Not just what we have left over to give away. It's an incredible way to honor not only the needs, but the dignity of all people a good story is often filled with sermons i grew up in the southern baptist church in rural eastern kentucky i learned how to sing on sundays and wednesday nights listening to quartet gospel there's an old song from those days of church that says that says i love to tell the story of things unseen above of jesus and his glory of Jesus and his love. I love to tell the story because I know tis true. It satisfies my longings as nothing else can do. Those days, those years ago, I couldn't have drawn any line or any path for my life that went from there to here standing in an Episcopal church with a job title that contains perhaps the two scariest words to Episcopalians, digital and evangelist. Now, many of us may not actually flinch at digital. It is, after all, 2018. But there are very few in this room that don't have some sort of reaction to the word evangelism. Even fewer when we change the suffix and the word becomes evangelical and who can blame you it is after all 2018 how in the world did we get here how did we get to a place where this ancient greek word that means simply good news has come to represent something so small the world into which Jesus spoke the words of today's gospel is one that most of us cannot even comprehend. From the time, in the time of Jesus, the world was run by the Roman Empire. The Caesars conquered everyone and everything in front of them. At their peak, the Romans ruled 1.7 million square miles of the earth. And that sounds like a lot, and it is, but for context, the United States is roughly 3.8 million square miles. We are definitely empire-sized. As Rome expanded its reach and influence, soldiers would essentially show up at a doorstep and declare that Caesar is Lord and demand submission of people to the Lord. And if you refused, they wouldn't argue with you or try to convince you by or convert you by convincing you that they were right they would quite simply crush you there are stories of roman armies crucifying thousands of people at a time they would destroy entire villages and people groups who didn't fall in line And those who chose not to be crushed or crucified were brought into the empire and given the privilege of becoming Roman citizens and then being taxed into poverty while their money was used to build bigger armies to further the empire. And so it went on and on. And as they grew, they went further and further, declaring that they were bringing peace to the whole world. Peace, by the way, that really depended on which end of the sword you were on whenever the romans would finish bringing peace to a new land they would issue a good news proclamation and euangelion. they would issue an evangelical announcement of their conquering victory of another group of people and who were made their servants citizens but slaves and it was in this world with roman the romans at the very top that a small movement was beginning There was a group of people who had begun following the teachings of this man named Jesus. They believed that their teacher had risen from the dead and they believed that this was the good news. That death doesn't have the last word. There was a new kind of movement happening in the world. The world was changing but not through coercive military power or violently crushing those who oppose you, but through the liberating, life-giving love of God. This small group of believers took the propaganda of the mighty Roman Empire. A propaganda that said Caesar is Lord and these followers of Jesus, maybe we could call them the Jesus Movement, They said, Jesus is Lord. And following the teaching of Jesus, they said that good news is not proclaimed in crushing your enemy. Good news is proclaimed in loving your enemy. When you look for those on the margins, those with no power in society, the widow, the orphan, the immigrant, the outcast, the abandoned, the hopeless, the stranger, when you side with those beloved people of God, this Jesus movement people insisted that a new and better world was being made. And this new and better world, they believed, couldn't come by condemning and distancing yourself from people and from crushing others. The first followers of Jesus believed That to change the world, you had to love your enemy. To change the world is to stand in solidarity with everyone who has ever been kicked to the edge of the empire. And this movement gained immense influential power, not through military might, but through sacrificial love of the other. Through their actions, they confronted an empire that said, our strength and might gives us power. And they said, there is no greater power than the power to love so fully that you lay down your life for others. The followers of Jesus from the very beginning were issuing a new euangelion. A new proclamation of good news. The first evangelicals stood up to the empire and challenged the notion that power and force and might could make the best world possible. They invited people to answer for themselves the question, who is making a better kind of world? Caesar? Or Jesus? And knowing all of that, I have to ask, how in the world did we get to where we are today the idea that the concept of being evangelical could be reduced to a narrow sliver of a voting block would be unfathomable to the first followers of Jesus to shrink the good news to a set of policy positions or a checkbox on a survey is so far from the point that it's incomprehensible it's time for us to take the word and the action back to be evangelical to be evangelists is simply to tell the story of the good news of jesus those of us who have been doing this work in the episcopal church for a while now like to say it this way we seek name and celebrate jesus loving presence In the stories of all people. And then invite everyone to more. This isn't a new or revolutionary idea. Chris and I didn't come up with it. Bishop Curry didn't create it. In fact, it's pretty clearly laid out in our baptismal covenant. We're asked every time there are baptisms among us. Will you proclaim by word and deed the good news of God in Christ? And we answer, I will with God's help. Seeking, naming, and celebrating. Actions punctuated by words. Jesus' loving presence because we believe that Jesus can be found in all of creation. Every person, no exclusions. People of color. Created in God's image. White people. Created in God's image. Rich people. People in poverty. Created in God's image. Americans. Non-Americans. Democrats. Republicans. Others. All. Created in God's image. So we look for Jesus' loving presence in the stories of all of God's people. Because if the good news isn't good for everybody, then it isn't good news for anybody. And that means we have to get outside ourselves, out of our bubbles and our echo chambers and into the world, and we have to bring love. But why? Because the presiding bishop says so. Because Simon says so. Because a guest preacher says so. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. Bishop Curry says it this way, if it's not about love, it's not about God. We have the message that will change the world. We must evangelize. We must issue this proclamation of good news to the world with our words and with our deeds. We are a good news people. An evangelistic people by definition. We are the Episcopal branch of the Jesus movement. Amen.